Hello and welcome to A New African Mind, a podcast that focuses on reshaping our views on mental health as Africans. I'm your host, Petrina Dusay. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as MBS Care for helpful tools and tips on mental health. You can also find helpful articles on mbscare.co. All these resources are available for free and kindly share with friends and family so we can all be a part of reshaping our views on mental health as Africans. Today, we're going to be talking about attachment and attachment styles. If this is a concept that you're familiar with, I'm going to share more information about it. If this is a concept that is new to you, I think this is a very interesting topic. I think I say this about almost every topic anyway. (laughs) They're all interesting. Mental health is interesting. Um, But yeah, attachment basically has to do with the emotional bonds that we form with people and the patterns of relationships and interactions that we form with people. These patterns and bonds are interesting because as much as as adults we may be able to identify what attachment style we operate with, these styles didn't develop as adults. Attachment styles develop in childhood, primarily the first six years of a child's life. Yes, how you choose your partners, your friends, significant relationships are usually based on these attachment styles. Because attachment styles are often determined or developed at a very early stage, they are usually influenced by our primary caregivers. So those who took care of us when we were at that tender age that I mentioned, which is usually around zero to six years. Now, what this means is that your caregiver's attitude towards fulfilling your needs safety needs, emotional needs, physical needs, are primarily at the core of what determines what attachment style you develop. Our caregivers teach us how to interact with the world because they're the first people that we interact with, right? They're the first people that we learn the impact of a smile with, the impact of raising your voice, the impact of touch. They give us that template that we use later on in life. And it happens at such an early age that it becomes so deeply ingrained in us that it becomes second nature. Our attachment styles that we develop go on to affect our romantic relationships, our friendships, and other relationships. And this goes to show how important parenting is. I spoke about this in earlier episodes, and I want to stress on it again, that sometimes we hear that, oh, we're putting too much responsibility on the parent. And that at some point, a child would choose, yes, this is true to an extent, but more than 80% of who you are as an adult is determined by how you are taught to exist in this world by your primary caregivers. When I discuss the styles, you will understand more of what I'm talking about. Let's just jump right in. There are four main styles that are discussed. We have the secure attachment style. There's only one of that. And then we have the insecure attachment styles. And there are three of those. So insecure attachment styles in general are unhealthy, problematic. They they don't see that the person's needs are met in the context of a relationship. The person often doesn't have healthy tools to express their needs. So let's start talking about the insecure attachment styles. The first one I'd like to talk about is the insecure avoidant. And as the name shows, avoidance is the key marker of this attachment style. There is a fear of intimacy. This person fears putting themselves out there. They can come across as though they don't care. They don't need anyone to be there for them. They're self-sufficient. They can seem aloof in the context of a relationship. When you are in a relationship with someone who has an avoidant attachment style, it can feel as though whether you are there or not, the person will be fine without you. And if you are this person, you operate that way. 
you try to make sure that you don't express your needs you keep them internalized oftentimes you deceive yourself and say oh i'm not into that mushy stuff or oh i'm not needy you know i figure things out on my own but having an insecure avoidant attachment style means that often as a child your emotional needs were not met your caregivers were not very present in providing your emotional needs for you and to a certain extent other needs as well they seem detached they may have been physically present but they were not mentally or emotionally present oftentimes they were not even physically present at all so then what happened was that as a child as these emotional needs are continuously not being met you have to adapt as individuals adaptation is how we survive so when you know these needs are not being met eventually you stop seeking them out you stop craving it because it's not going to come so what happens with a person who has developed the insecure avoidance style is that because these needs were not met they learn to live without them they learn to not care in quotes when they actually do there's been so much disappointment that they have to shield themselves from that disappointment so this happens over a period of time so much so that now when a person who has an avoidant attachment style starts to experience emotional expression or someone is showing them that they need them and they love them and they want to be around them they feel uncomfortable and overwhelmed it's almost like what is this what's going on because it, it speaks to a part of them that they have tried to bury for so long the interesting thing about having an insecure avoidant style is that because the person doesn't think they need their emotional needs met by another person they often don't realize that they don't meet their own emotional needs so they avoid uncomfortable emotions they avoid being kind to themselves they avoid spending time nursing emotional wounds so they are avoidant even with themselves so if you're in a relationship with a person with this attachment style it can seem as though they're selfish and they don't care about about you but they don't even know how to show up for themselves let alone another person and an even more interesting fact is that people with the insecure avoidance style tend to pick people with the insecure anxious style this is the complementary style and that's the next one i'm going to discuss but if this is you or someone that you know it's important that you identify these i'm not sharing this information to say accept things as they are as usual at the end i'll share some helpful tools and tips to manage situations like this but i want you to understand that people don't just wake up one day and decide to become avoidant or anxious or whatever it is I'll discuss a lot of it has to do with how they were nurtured and you can't just switch it off it takes a lot of hard work so keep this in mind the next style is the insecure anxious style and as it states it's characterized by a high level of anxiety there's a deep fear of abandonment feelings of insecurity in a relationship wondering where they stand in the relationship wondering if the person is going to leave them or if the person is going to come back this style develops usually when caregivers are inconsistent in how they meet the needs of the child so if today the caregiver can be so emotionally attuned and other days they can just be emotionally unavailable it gets to the point where in adapting this child now is unsure of when their needs are actually going to be met so they're always on edge they don't know when affection is going to be removed that inconsistency keeps them on edge about love and care and there's a fear of when it may be taken away so because of that this child attempts so much to hold on to this love and affection when the child has it. It's like, let me get it while I can. Let me hold on for as long as I can because I don't know when it will be taken away. I don't know when mommy or daddy will just leave. For a lot of us, we experience this as children. Oh, go and wear your shoes and come. You go and wear your shoes and you come back and the parent is gone. 
and other times go and wear your shoes and come and you come back and the parent is there so you are never really sure of what the outcome will be and that breeds a lot of anxiety and fear and insecurity children who grow up with caregivers who are like this tend to also blame themselves for why they are not receiving the love and the care and they think they have to do things to earn the love they think they have to do things to hold on to this attention but the truth is it's not on the child we were raised by parents who are highly flawed but didn't have the tools to even know any better that's why i'm sharing information like this for us to know better and begin to do better so a person with an anxious, insecure style of attachment comes across as needy, as clingy, as always seeking validation. And they often pick avoidance as friends and partners to be in close relationships with. So what happens is that they're always having to seek out affection. And you can imagine what this dynamic looks like. So the person who's always texting, where are you? Where have you reached? Why haven't you gotten home yet? Who's that person that you're talking to? This happens for both men and women alike. And the more a person with an insecure, anxious style reaches out and tries to be clingy and lovey-dovey, the avoidance starts to feel overwhelmed and withdraws. And you find that interestingly, this cycle reinforces itself. People don't intentionally sit down and say, oh, okay, I have the avoidance style. Let me pick an anxious. Naturally, the person with an avoidant attachment style, it gravitates towards a person with the anxious style because that person will do all the work. The person with the insecure, anxious attachment style is likely to be the one to do all the emotional heavy lifting and the I love you's and the writing nice things and the show of affection. So it takes the responsibility away from the person with the insecure avoidant style. But then when that happens, the person with the anxious attachment style feels as though they are not loved, feels as though affection is being taken away, and so they have to work hard for it. And then the avoidant person, and as much as they gravitate towards the person who does more of the work, they also feel overwhelmed because it's like, what? You are smothering me. This is too much. The last insecure style is often called the disorganized style but i prefer the other term which is the anxious avoidant which means it's a combination of both so the person reacts and interacts based on both the anxious and the avoidant there's a fear of affection and a craving for it at the same time this often happens when the caregiver is both the source of hostility and affection what this ultimately means is if a person grows up in an emotionally abusive environment, the person that they look to as their caregiver provides hostility, but also provides some level of care. And it can be confusing how to show up in a situation like this. Children who grow up in abusive homes have to try and anticipate what they're going to get. So they have to develop tools to adapt to both ways of being. There's a lot of instability in relationships like that. Interestingly, with this style, because there's versatility in the way they interact and the way they relate to those who are close to them, you can find somebody with the anxious avoidant insecure style, choosing to partner with someone with the anxious style, someone with the avoidant style, someone with anxious avoidant, and in rare occasions, someone with a secure style, which is the last one I'm going to discuss. So with the anxious avoidance style, we see examples of that where today there is passionate fighting and anger. And then on other days, it's like this person is just so loving and kind. 
And then other days, the person just wants to be left alone because this is a pattern. This is what their caregiver taught them at a very early stage in life that has become so deeply ingrained that that's how they know how to exist in the world. It has served as the foundation for how to relate. And when you're bringing a house down, it's easier to knock down the the visible parts. But when it comes to destroying a house completely, the foundation is the hardest to destroy because you have to dig deep and excavate. And it's the same thing in this case. That when it comes to these things, sometimes we think, oh, you should just change. You should know better. But when the, the foundation for how to interact in this world has been laid, it takes significant work. But it's possible and it's doable. I am a living example of this. I have clients and friends who have been able to achieve this. So it's possible. But you just have to understand that you don't just wake up one day and make that decision. Oftentimes it requires therapy, working with a professional to help you identify how your attachment style plays out. I know a few people who have read resources, spoken to friends and family and gradually worked through it. But it takes intentionality. It doesn't matter how much you love a person. That statement, love is never enough, is very true. Because love cannot go back and undo years and years of socialization and programming. Love can motivate a person to want to do it. But when that's your default, it takes a lot of intentional hard work. I share this because I want you to understand that if you find yourself in a relationship like that, it may not mean that your partner doesn't love you. It just may mean that they don't have the tools to do better. Now, if they're provided with the tools and they choose not to, then you can make whatever decision you think is best for you. But everyone must be given an opportunity to do better by being provided with the tools needed to actually do better. The final style is the secure attachment style, the one that we're all hoping we can work towards. And with this attachment style, people who have a secure attachment style tend to trust themselves and others to love. They can be cautious, but they are open to intimacy. They believe in the good in others and they feel safe to be around. And for a person to be able to develop the style, their caregivers will have to have been intentional about providing their emotional needs, their safety needs. This should have been consistently done. And consistent doesn't mean that perfect every single time. But for the most part, the child is able to count on the fact that my caregiver, my parent, my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother, whoever it is, will show up for me. And sometimes it doesn't happen with a parent. But there's a caregiver like a nanny or a house help or a cousin who is there, who provides them with this. But a child can have avoidant parents, but then they'll have other caregivers who are so present with them that they can go on to develop a secure attachment style. So if you plan on having children or you have kids, this is how you can help them to develop secure attachment styles. Be consistent in providing their emotional needs as well as other needs. But you see, you can only do this if you know how to do it for yourself first. That's why it's important to do the work on yourself before you attempt to do it with your kids. People with secure attachment styles often prefer and gravitate towards people with secure attachment styles as well. However, it's not unusual to see someone with a secure attachment style who may end up in a relationship with someone with an anxious style, an avoidant style, or an anxious avoidant style. A person with secure attachment, they understand that the person leaving is not the end-all be-all. It may be sad, 
but they feel secure in themselves. They feel confident in the ability to be able to build another solid relationship with someone else. They're able to meet their own emotional needs. So now that I've shared this information with you, what do you do? Number one, it's important to know your style, then evaluate how it developed. And then you know these points. Insecure styles can change to secure styles. It doesn't matter how old you are. One of the ways in which you really see attachment styles manifest is in romantic relationships. And if you pay close attention to this, you'll realize which areas you might need to learn to do differently to develop a secure style. One interesting thing in couples counseling, especially premarital counseling in our parts of the world is the focus is always on the religious aspect, right? But very little work is done around exploring each partner's background, what it was like growing up, because ultimately that's what you'll see play out in the marriage. And whenever I do couples counseling, this is something that in the first few sessions, we have to explore what the relational climate was like for each party growing up. So you start with the know thyself and then you pick up the tools. So I've mentioned therapy, self-reflection, introspection, hard work, self-regulation, because sometimes you want to lash out. Sometimes you want to withdraw. Sometimes you want the person to go above and beyond what is possible for them to show that they love you and they care about you. But you can self-regulate. You can tell yourself that in this moment, is this a healthy response and learn healthy alternatives. You can be intentional in choosing a partner. So you may even realize that I have this style. I'm working on it. I am not where I want to be. But in your partner selection, you can be very intentional. Because if you are struggling with the anxious attachment style or anxious avoidant, it would be pretty unhealthy to pick someone that makes it very difficult for you to do the work. Unless that person is also doing the work. So be very intentional about your partner selection. You cannot love an insecure attachment style out of a person. You cannot hope it away. You cannot pray it away. It comes from awareness, hard work, you and your partner. But improvement is definitely possible. There are so many helpful resources. If therapy is not an option for you for one reason or the other at the moment, do some research online. You'll find very helpful tools and tips. A lot of the work is done on a mental level before it even begins to manifest in our behaviors. What are we telling ourselves about people's actions? What are we telling ourselves about our choices? Where are we seeking validation? Why are we, why am I running away from affection? Why am I struggling to self-regulate? In what ways does my partner remind me of someone from my childhood? If I have any memory of this, these are all things that you can begin to start to do and think about as you embark on a journey. If you find yourself in any of the insecure attachment styles. And even if you find yourself within a secure attachment style, keep it up and there's always room for improvement and even sharing tools and tips with other people who might need them. I hope this helps someone out there. And as always, I wish you peace and unconditional love. Thank you.